Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is April 24th, it's 2019, and we have seven early games and seven games on the main slate to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Jennifer 7 Grant, back-to-back days. How are you doing, my friend? I mean, I've, I've, I've been better. We've entered about it a little bit before the podcast, but expecting Wheeler to be 40% owned and having to fade him in GPPs, lost. I did not cash on a single GPP team except for my cash game team, which... Somehow got me almost back to even, but like today's MLB, I don't think you really ever need to play a 40% owned pitcher unless it's something like Scherzer going against Miami. Like it, it just doesn't happen, especially a guy that has scored over 30 points, what, twice in the last 10, 12 games? Yeah. The projected ownership on him was high. Everybody was talking about him, you know, in the industry. Thought he was going to be like major chalk, and then he ended up being like anywhere from like 25 to 35% owned. And I could stomach that, and I faded him as well. I I feel like th- this is just one of those slates, and like I got crushed on Tuesday. Let me, let me just throw that out there. Like it was one of the worst slates I've had all season. And if I projected Wheeler to be 45% owned like I did, um, I would fade him every time. I don't care who the pitcher is. I'm not going to typically play a pitcher that's 45% owned, and it just didn't work out. Like I'm perfectly okay with that. But seeing him at like 25% in some tournaments, that's where I was like, man, I really wish I would have had like 50% um, and, and just doubled the field on him. But it is what it is. We move on. We got day baseball on Wednesday, and um, it's a really interesting – like we have two really good slates. Yeah, yeah, no, I like both of them. Um, I'm going to the Rockies game, so it'll be even more fun to watch the games live. But, yeah, the morning slate's great. There's a lot of good bats and some interesting arms. And then the late slate, like, yeah, I mean, White Sox are high implied total, so it's an automatically a slate I like. But, yeah, overall, both slates are great. There's enough arms to pick from, and there's enough bats to pick from that, even if you go chalk, it's not going to be that heavy on the chalk outside of the Rockies. Yep. Um, it's it's interesting, that's for sure. And you're going to the Rockies game. I'm going to my wife's um, pregnancy appointment. So, you know, just just to let you know, like, you know, we're, 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 we're both going to see awesome things. <laughs> yeah, I think mine might be more fun, but yours is probably a better life experience. Yeah, yeah, yours is definitely more fun, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, let's get started on this early slate. Miami at Cleveland. I guess if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto Grinders links that way you get access to three months of Roto Grinders premium for fantasy draft, and you'll get um, any any promos that we run with them we run special promos from time to time with them and you'll get access to that so if you haven't checked out fantasy draft make sure you go over to the rotor grinders website and on on the main page you'll see on the left hand side you'll see reviews and you'll be able to 
click the reviews tab and see what is going on with fantasy draft. Also on Wednesday, one of my favorite tools at Roto Grinders, we have this free freemium week where we're, we're giving away or we're showing you guys our premium behind the scenes stuff. And one of my favorite tools at Roto Grinders is plate IQ on Wednesday, all the plate IQ premium reports, premium leaderboards, all that stuff is going to be free. So if you haven't checked that stuff out, Highly suggest checking it out. Take advantage of being able to see it for free and really get to look behind the scenes on the Plate IQ Premium. Miami at Cleveland, Sandy Al Alcantara against Jeffrey Rodriguez. Um, any interest here in Alcantara? No, no. I, I mean, I generally make it a rule not to play Miami pitchers away from home and against Cleveland with Lindor back in the lineup. Not someone I really want to pick on or want to play considering everyone all the way up and down the lineup walks. This Cleveland lineup is starting to get healthy. Um, like you said, Lindor's back. Kipnis is back. Cargo is in there now. Like The lineup looks a lot better than it did on opening day. So Jose Martinez still really struggling, but I, I think with Jose Martinez having you know pieces around him, I, I think that we're going to start to see these Cleveland numbers start to go the other way. So I, I'm with you. I don't want to play Alcantara here. He's not a big K guy either, and I'm still looking for strikeout upside, and he's just not that guy. Um, do you have any interest here in Jeffrey Rodriguez? No, I think – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this is going to be a bullpen game. Um, correct. Yeah, so he he's not going to go far enough into the game. I, I get that Miami's a, like, really good matchup, and they strike out a lot. But I, I, I don't think I can even pull the trigger, even though it's like moderately cheap. I just think you stay away from him. Actually, it doesn't look like it's going to be a bullpen game. I didn't realize they set him down. So he's been pitching in AAA and starting games in AAA. So um, he's only, he's made two starts in AAA plus his one start um, against Kansas City. So actually, it might not be a bullpen game. They might actually let him go like 85 plus pitches here. So. Just kind of throwing that out there. Yeah, I realized I mixed up Chavez and um, Jeffrey and Jesse. So, yeah, it's the Texas game. It's a bulk and a pin game. My bad, but I don't think I'm going to go with Rodriguez, even up against Miami. I think there are better options. I don't think a $6,600 pitcher against Miami is ever a terrible idea. Um, I just don't know what type of upside he has. He really hasn't shown a bunch of strikeout ability. Um, you know, even if we look at his minor league numbers, outside of, you know, looking back to like his double A numbers in 2018, you know, that's when he had some strikeout stuff, but he really hasn't shown strikeout stuff at AAA or the majors. So little concern when I'm looking at him. Um, and, and that's why, you know, he's on the Indians now, not the Nationals. Uh, Miami bats. Anything stand out to you here for Miami? I mean, Chavez or Rodriguez isn't that bad. Like he's bad, but not really an upside guy. He walks guys, and this lineup is just not very good. Not a huge amount of power. I, I mean, maybe Granderson just because of his high K rate. You can take a one off on him, but no, no, I'm not probably playing any Miami bats. Yeah, you know. I'm looking at it as well, and I don't really see anything stand out to me. It makes the argument for Jeffrey Rodriguez a little bit better. Um, Cleveland bats, uh, what are we doing here with Cleveland? Stacking them up. I mean, 
Sandy is a big walk guy, and there's walks all the way up and down this lineup here. So um, it doesn't matter either side of the plate. He's a bit better versus righties than he is versus lefties. Um, but like uh, I don't know if there's a big enough sample size to really entirely say that there. So you can stack this up any way you want. It's better stack over on FanDuel where you obviously get more points for the walks. But he gives up a decent amount of power here. He's away from Miami. I'd probably go with Lindor, Ramirez, Santana, and Cargo as the first guys that would get off the board. But really, I'm not going to argue anyone all the way up and down the line. I honestly think that this is a decent stop or spot to go with Bowers or Ploiecki or even Kipnis. Like going with the guys in the lower end of the lineup, everyone who's going to stack this up, we don't have a total now, but I'm assuming it's going to be fairly high. Everyone who stacks this up is going to immediately go for the top of the lineup. So whoever ends up down near the bottom could very well be the better plays here, um, just simply because of ownership, because there's a decent amount of power all the way up and down. So if you want to go Lindor, Ramirez, and like a Kipnis Bowers stack, I think that's the best way to go. But if you're taking one off here, it's very clearly Lindor, Ramirez, and then probably Cargo. Yeah, and Carlos Santana profiles really well, too. Um, you, you can look at him. But yeah, I, I like the Cleveland Bats. Um, you know, certainly one of the, one of the teams that I'm gonna be targeting here on this early slate. Um, moving on, Kansas City at Tampa. We got Jacob Junis against Blake Snell. Um, Snell coming off the IL for that broken was it toe? Yeah. Um, any interest here in Junis? No, no, not at all. Yeah, and this bullpen's taxed. So if Junis gets in any kind of trouble, it could be an interesting spot for Tampa. We'll talk about that when we get to the bats. Um. Blake Snell, it's always good when it's not a shoulder injury or anything like that. Do do we want to play Blake Snell here against Kansas City as the highest price pitcher on the slate? I mean, I'm thinking about it. I'm kind of go like the when we're recording this, the Vegas odds on this game aren't out yet. I kind of want to confer with them. They probably have more information into his injury than I do because I know it's a toe injury and that doesn't really affect guys that much in their throwing motion, but it does. Uh, cause some pain and balance problems. Um, I don't expect him to be on a pitch limit here, but look for that in the morning. Uh, but Snell, like, if he looks okay to go and, like, the Vegas total for the Royals is below three like it should be going up against Snell, then I think you have to have a little bit of interest in him on this slate. There's enough big price bats where people might not go with him too much, um, and there aren't really a whole lot of high price pitching options that are great here, so... I do have some interest in Snell here, but I'm going to wait and see what Vegas has to say first. Yeah, I think Snell's the best pitcher on the slate. Um, you know, assuming that we don't get any pitch count news or anything like that, I've looked. I looked before we recorded or started recording, and I didn't see anything. So I, I like the spot for Snell. Um, I, I, like I said, I think he's the top pitcher on the slate. We know – Big strikeout upside. We know the Kansas City team has struggled with left-handed pitching. Um, like Jalen Beeks pitched well against him out of the bullpen on Tuesday. So like Snell has a lot of upside in this spot. And we're looking at the top end pitchers on this slate. I just think Snell's the guy you just you don't you want to get in there and and just have at the top and play one of these cheaper pitchers because that's how this slate kind of sets up. So. I'm a huge fan of Blake Snell here. He's going to be my my highest stone, you know, top end pitcher on the slate. So, um, Kansas City bats anything here on Kansas City? Do anything for you? Nope. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. I don't really like Kansas City here. 
Um, Tampa, like I said, though, if Junis gets in trouble here, that bullpen was taxed with um, our boy Homer Bailey only throwing 36 balls, I mean pitches, on um, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, no, he could not find a strike zone there, and the bullpen's a little bit taxed. They already have one of the worst bullpens in the league. Uh, this Tampa Bay team, like, they still don't get that high of ownership, even though they got some good bats in here. I mean, look, and like Junis, if he gets broken up or if he gets beat up, then you don't really have to worry about the splits too much. But he is bad to both sides of the plate, slightly worse against lefties than he is, is against righties. So I'd probably go with low as my first bat. But Fam, Diaz, Garcia, um, and Zunino is a guy that I always go with. And Eunice is a slightly above average strikeout guy, but he does give up enough hard contact where Zunino bomb is a decent possibility here. But I like the stack here. If I'm going just one offs, it's low, it's fam, it's Diaz. Um, but the full stack here is fully in play just because Eunice is a, just a decent pitcher and gives up a whole lot of hard contact. And these guys can hit the ball far. So any of the power bats are great. Stack them up, go with low as your top bat if you're going to go with anyone. Yeah, I certainly like Lau and I like Diaz. sanino um, has been hitting the ball really, really well. So those would be the guys that I'd be targeting. But I don't hate maybe a little bit of a mini stack for Tampa here, knowing that Kansas City bullpen is struggling this season and that they had to use that bullpen a lot. Um, Milwaukee at St. Louis. We got Chassin against Wainwright. Um, any interest here in Chassin? I mean, a little bit. He's got pretty big splits. I mean, obviously, we always talk about this every time he's on the mound. Just way better versus righties than he is versus lefties. Currently at a 4.8 implied team total for the uh, Cardinals, and they are a good team here. But, like, looking at the low price guys on this slate here, your choice in that range is Wainwright, Brooks, Chassin, Rodriguez, and Sanchez. And none of them are really great. And if you want to pay for some Colorado bats, you Kind of need to pick one of these guys. I'm not going all in on Chassin, but I'll probably end up with 20% on him in all likelihood just because there is a little bit of upside if there's a decent amount of Roddy Bats in this lineup. But it could very much implode in my face very quickly. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, like outside of Snell, there's a lot of question marks on the slate for pitching. So Chasin's a guy, like you said, massive splits. If they roll out their right-handed heavy lineup, he's in play. Um, his his K rate, almost 31% against righties. His numbers have always been better against righties. He's a guy that just struggles with lefties. So it's a spot where you can play Chasin and play Carpenter on the same team um, and just hope that Carpenter's the only one that does the damage against him. So I like Chasin here. Uh, you know, just looking at the cheaper pitchers, he's certainly somebody I'm looking at. Uh, the Milwaukee side of things here, or I mean, um, Adam Wainwright. Um, I don't really have a lot of interest in Wainwright. Um, he's kind of a, a splits guy too, and where his struggles are against lefties and um, quite a bit of lefties in this lineup. Yeah, no, I mean, just the matchup worries me, but Vegas has, this is one of the lower implied total spots here. So I think, like, honestly, him and Jacina probably have about the same amount of interest in um, whichever price tag I end up landing on is probably what I'll go with. I don't like Wainwright, but again, it's just super bad, the cheap arms on this slate here. So I think you have to consider him, and he's 
probably the second best cheap arm on the slate in all reality, which is very sad to say. Just saying how bad this slate is um, for pitching is all we're saying. Um, well, I mean, cheap the pitching. <laughs> yeah, cheap pitching. The, the like, it's not like the high end is much better. Let's be realistic. Um, let's talk um, Milwaukee bats here. You know, Shaw looks like he's starting to get his stuff together. Um, you know, three home runs in the last two games now. Um, is this a spot we're looking at Milwaukee? Yeah, absolutely. The lefties from Milwaukee are very much in play. Wainwright pretty extreme splits. Um, gives up not a whole lot of hard contact, but walks lefties quite a bit. So that in those scenarios, righties kind of come into play there too. So Braun and Kane are very much in play. But I'm of course going to start off my my stack with Yelich there, and even use him as one ops. He's just hot enough recently that you can still use him, even though he's only hit home runs at home this season and this is on the road. I'm not buying into that a whole lot. But Yelich very much in play. Grandal, one of the better plays on this slate for a catcher. Shaw, I three home runs in the last two games, and I think his price is still a bit too cheap here. So, yeah, lefties on this, sprinkling righties into your lineup. But Yelich for a high price bat and Shaw for a $3,300 bat is just great, great spot for them. Yep, Yelich, Grandal, Shaw, nice little three-man. Um, Eric Thames should be in there. If Moussakis is out again, he's a cheap little bat that has some power upside. So some really good spots to attack here. Um, and, like, I don't mind the righties, but I really want to attack the lefties against Wainwright. You know, Wainwright's still able to use that curveball-sinker combo against righties to get a lot of ground balls and not give up a lot of home runs. So I like the lefties. Um Cardinals bats, you know, outside of Matt Carpenter, I don't have a ton of interest here, but I think you can make an argument for Colton Wong, who's off to a really hard, hot start this season. Outside of that, I'm struggling with the Cardinals bats here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we want to target lefties against Chassin, and there's just not too many. It's Carpenter, and it's Wong, and Fowler, and, like, I, I want to see where Wong's batting in the lineup, but I mean, I guess pretty much anywhere he's batting in the lineup, it's just going to lower his ownership the lower he is. Uh, so Carpenter and Wong would be the first two I look at. I'm fine with Goldschmidt and I'm fine with DeJong and Ozuna. They just like, it's simply to complete a stack with those guys. Like you're not going to target them as one ops going up against Chassin. Brewer's bullpen is just way too good. And if Chassin does get a little bit beat up by these bats for some reason, then not really going to be a great matchup later on in the game unless they're way out in front. So if you want to round out Goldschmidt, DeJong, Ozuna into a stack with Wong and Carpenter, I'm completely fine with that. But other than that, the only two bats I'm targeting are Carpenter and Wong. Washington at Colorado. Anibal Sanchez against Herman Marquis. Uh, Marquez, um, 10 and a half total here. We're expecting a bunch of runs. Any interest in Anibal Sanchez? Not really, no. I mean... It's it's Coors, it's Anibal. He can get into trouble, and just now. Um, any interest in Herman Marquez? I do have interest in Herman Marquez. I believe is the right way to say his name because I've been yelled at repeatedly over the last year about it. Um, yeah, I mean, he has two starts in Coors. I don't expect much ownership in him, even on this slate, because he has been like beat up a bit over in Coors, but... He's been good outside of it, and he just got a little bit bad. I think he had – I want to say he had 10 hits in the 
last game versus Philly, and I'm not sure any of them were extra base hits. It was literally just single, 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 single all the way through, and he only walked two guys. He had all right strikeout numbers, but he's a good pitcher. We saw what he can do in Coors last year towards the end of the year, and he was just like, you're not going to find higher upside from anyone on this entire slate outside of Blake Snell. He's going to draw less ownership than he should. Marquez is probably my favorite pitcher on this slate, barring any news that Blake Snell won't be on a pitch count or that he's completely fine. Yeah, I like him as well. I think he's a really good tournament play. There's strikeouts in this lineup. You know, the one thing that kind of worries me is Anthony Rendon was available for pinch hit on Tuesday, so I think he'd be back in the lineup here, which certainly bumps this lineup up some. But there's still a lot of strikeouts in this lineup, and it's certainly a spot that, you know, we can get the strikeout upside we're looking for. There's a lot of righties, too, and that's where Marquez really gets his um, strikeout upside. You know, the bottom of this order with Gomes and Dozier and Robles, a lot of strikeouts there. So I like it. It's more of just a a product of pitching on the slate. Uh, Washington Bats, if we're playing Washington Bats, who are we looking at? I mean, it's an in-course. The stack's always in play, but if you're just looking for one-offs, you're targeting Rendon because of how good he's been this year, and you're targeting Soto with the platoon split. Outside of those two, I don't really see the need to go with anyone outside of a stack. Like, if you're targeting guys, it's Rendon and Soto, and then there's no reason to play any other guys as one-offs here, unless you're expecting Marquez to get beat up, in which case you want to be stacking him. Yeah, I think you could throw Adam Eaton in there as well. The one through three is where I'd be looking at for Washington here on the slate, unless some surprise left-handed bat, you know, draws the lineup that's cheap. But they don't really have many of those guys. I think Matt Adams is still kind of banged up. And Howie Kendrick. I think he, was, um, he pinched hit today, didn't he? Did he? Um, like if Adams is in there, I have a little interest in Adams. Um, just, you know, given the ballpark. But, you know, Howie Kendrick would be another guy. But. We'll have to see if he's even in the lineup. Um, so yeah, you know. But for the most part, I like the I like the Colorado side a lot more in this game. I, I think the Rockies get a day game in 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 cores. The weather is going to be nice. Like this is a good spot to attack the the Rockies bats. Yep. No, I'm quite possibly just going all in on him um, just because I'm at the game. But even if I wasn't, they're still. Still probably the best stack on the slate. They're the best bats on the slate. You want to be looking for most of your cash game bats here. Arenado, Blackman, Dahl, Story, all fantastic plays. Um, Daniel Murphy back in the lineup? Yeah, he'll be back today. I was just about to say that. He gets activated. He's supposed to be activated today. Yeah, so Murphy's very much in play. Stack up these bats. I don't like have any in particular that I'm absolutely in love with outside of the Three real big bats there, but they're all very much in play. This is a course slate. It's very simple. You can play them. You can fade them. There's merit to each of them because of high ownership. I'm going to be on the side that's playing them. Yep, I'm going to play them too. It's a day day game in cores, and the weather's nice. So um, certainly going to be looking at the Rockies here. Texas at Oakland. Jesse Chavez, a.k.a. A bullpen game for Texas against Aaron Brooks. Um, another day game in Oakland with the weather really, really nice. Um, do you have any interest here in Jesse Chavez? No, like you said, this was the bullpen game I was talking about. And so not even at 4K, I'm not going to mess with them. Yep. I don't expect him to go too deep into this game. 
Um, Aaron Brooks on the other side still continues to have a really, really low strikeout rate. You know, pitch to contact type of pitcher, um, uses a sinker to create ground balls, but this is not a spot that I'm going to tag Aaron Brooks. Yeah, I don't want to use a mediocre pitcher here. I'd rather go with Chavez or Wainwright. Um, let's see. Looking at the bats in this game, Texas, like I really like the Texas bats here. Um, this is a game that I really like. If I'm not looking at like course field, this is going to be a game that I'm going to be playing quite a bit. Yeah, this is absolutely the pivot here. I like the A's bats more than the Texas bats, but Chu very much in play. Gallo, one of the better GBP plays on this slate. Um, Mazara's a good play. Andres, Santana are fine. Um, you can stack this guy, the, this game up, but this is actually a decent spot to be looking uh, for one-offs here. Brooks, a pretty big fly ball guy so far this season, and he doesn't give up a huge amount of hard contact, but we don't have a huge sample size of it. Doesn't strike out, guys, so Gallo is just a lock and load here for potential home run, maybe two. Uh, he's the guy you want to go with in GVPs, but any of the power guys are very good plays. Yeah, you know, obviously Gallo, when we're talking power bats, he's certainly a guy, you know, he's really expensive. You're going to have to pay up for him. You're going to have to pay more for him than you are Blackman or Dahl. So that should lower his ownership overall in the slate as well. So um, really like Gallo. I really like his upside in this spot as well. Like you said, low strikeout pitcher. And um, Gallo is just a beast. Um, Oakland side of things, you know, you mentioned it already. This is a good spot for them against this bullpen. I think we can really look at, you know, the one through six here and load up on some Oakland bats. Yeah, no, absolutely. Chris Davis is like a lot of these bats are a little bit too cheap. They're a cheaper version of Coors today. They have close to the same implied total here. I think it's sitting at 5.2 right now as we're recording this. But Chapman Davis, obviously the two guys that you want to go with just right off the bat. Don't know if lefties are going to be coming in from the bullpen. Don't know if righties are, but if lefties come in, that immediately makes Chapman Davis better. Morales, very good play if he's in the lineup. Profar, Piscotti, Grossman, Simeon, all of them are very good plays. This Texas bullpen is just terrible. Second worst bullpen in the entire league right now. 5.31 xFIP right now, and the second highest or third highest uh, home runs per nine given up in the league so far this year. And I think the other ones are um, have had some tough ballparks to play in. So I, I'm all for using all these Oakland bats here. And Chapman and Davis are a decent pivot off of Blackman and Arenado. If you can't afford them in cash, try and get snow. Um, yeah, I, I really like Oakland um, for sure. Going to be a team I'm looking at. Chapman Davis, my two favorite plays like you. Um Seattle at San Diego, Felix Hernandez against Chris Paddock. Um, any interest here in King Felix? No, I love that guy, but no, no way. Yeah, you know, at the end of, at the end of everybody's career, it becomes a time where, you know, you just have to accept the fact that he's not as dominant as he once was, and his strikeout rate's way down this season at 15.7%. Still pounding the strike zone, you know, not walking people. Um, so... It's just not a spot that I think I'll play, Felix. Uh, do you have any interest in Chris Paddock? I mean, I have interest in him. Will I end up using him? Probably not. I think I'm just going to go with Marquez at lower ownership. Like this Mariners team, they, granted, they've been playing well above expectations, and they are playing in a uh, AL or NL park. 
they don't have the DH, so and they won't have Vogelbach in there in all likelihood. I mean, maybe they'll pitch him instead of Encarnacion, but regardless, they're going to be missing one of their biggest bats here. Paddock has not been as good as a lot of people had hoped, and he's still priced at 9.9K, so I, I just... I'll, 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 I'll take the higher risk with Marquez here than Paddock, knowing that I'm probably going to get lower ownership. Yeah, I really, really wanted um, Paddock to be better this season. And, like, his strikeout stuff is still what we kind of expected. His strikeout stuff is still really high. You know, taking out Vogelbach here or, you know, E5, one of those two guys is not going to play in this spot. So takes out one of their big bats, like you said. There's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So I don't hate potentially playing Paddock here as a pivot in tournaments. Um, I do think this guy has massive strikeout stuff. You know, he's he's talented enough to get you a big strikeout game. So I don't hate him here um, in, in tournaments. You know, when we're looking at ballparks and looking at matchups, like, you got to like some pitchers, and this is certainly a spot that I don't hate. Um, Seattle Bats, what are we looking at here as far as the Seattle Bats go? They're probably my favorite, like, off-the-board stack here. Paddock has been giving up, like, it's not a big sample size, but a 51% hard hit rate here. He's struggling a bit with his curveball, which I think is part of his struggles so far this season. His fastball's been great. Like, it's got decent velocity and a decent amount of dip in it. And his changeup has been good, but the curveball's not been great. Um, so he's been giving up a ton of hard contact. And we know exactly what these bats can do so far this year. I mean, just looking at the ISOs so far this year against righties, 300 for Hanniger. 300 for Bruce, like 300 almost for Healy. Encarnacion is very good. And if we just look at him overall, then they're all over 300 pretty much, all the way up and down this lineup here. They've been hitting so well. I'm a big fan of riding out hot streaks, even though they've been a little bit colder recently. But, like, if they're going to – if Vegas is going to peg them at a 3.5 total, there's a lot of up, potential upside here. So they're not going to draw almost any ownership. They're one of the last games of the slate, which will make it even worse. And it's a decent, like, if you have Oakland stacked up, it's a great thing to pivot over to Seattle if you're not doing that great and you have some catch-up work. Yeah, don't hate it. Um, you like it more than I do. Like, even with Paddock's hard contact, he's only allowed two home runs and five earned runs this season. So. You like it more than me, but I completely understand why you like it. There's a lot of home runs in this lineup. Um, I like it more if Vogelbach plays over E5 for what it's worth. Um, San Diego side, do we have any interest in the San Diego bats against Felix Hernandez? I mean, Fernando just hit two bombs today. He's playing very well this season. I think you have to have a little bit of interest in him. Machado, obviously still very good. Felix just is not the same pitcher. He's a Decent ground ball pitcher, but that's pretty much it. And he could get beat up here. Seattle, even though they had one of the better bullpens last year, they traded away some arms. And now I think that they're like sixth in the league, worst bullpen. So if Felix gets beat up here, then you could easily see some trash bullpen arms going in. So I don't mind the stack. If I'm just looking for one offs, it's Machado. And it's Fernando, just Fernando as a pivot away from story. And that's pretty much it. But I, I don't mind the stack here just because of how bad the Seattle bullpen is. Yeah, it was uh, it was Fran Mel Reyes who hit two home runs today. But or it was 
Yeah, it was Reyes. So, man, I oh. did not read too well. <laughs> I've been I've been, been taking care of a baby all night, and it's hard to watch a kid and watch your phone at the same time. <laughs> That's all good, dude. Uh, yeah, Reyes is off to a really strong start this season. He's an interesting play as well. Um, he's been hitting for a lot of power. Kind of what his mo was, you know, and, and why you know he got called up last season. So. Reyes is interesting. I don't mind Tatis. Um, don't mind Myers or Machado, but more as one-offs here instead of you know stacking them up. Last game on this early slate, we got San Francisco at Toronto. Drew Pomerantz against Clay Buckholtz, the two former Red Sox pitchers that both stink. Um, do we have any interest here in Drew Pomerantz? I think a little bit. I mean, we've already talked about the pitching on this slate. There aren't a whole lot of good options, and Pomeranz is just 800 more than Wainwright. He's just a thousand more than Chassin. So if I can get up to him, I think I I would try and do that in most scenarios. Um, he's just pitched pretty decent this year, and I get he's playing over uh, away from San Fran, and he's still giving up a decent amount of hard contact this year. But the K rate has been there, so I'm willing to to take a chance on him against this Toronto lineup that's just not very good. I mean, you look at it so far this year, and their numbers against lefties have not been good out of that side of Teoscar. Everyone's been horrible. They're just not good hitters in general. So Pomeranz, like, he's, he's may end up being my top own arm just because of how much I'm playing Coors. Yeah, I certainly think he's in play. Um, you know, just looking at it, he is a guy that has strikeout ability. He's not going to have a clean start. So if you play Pomerantz, like don't watch the game because he walks, he throws too many pitches in, in at bats and stuff like that. But it's kind of a fitting matchup for him. This team doesn't walk a lot. They strike out a lot. They don't have a lot of power against lefties. So Pomerantz is certainly in play on this slate just because of the matchup. Um, Buckholtz, do we have any interest here in Clay Buckholtz? No, just no. Yeah, where Pomerantz has some strikeout upside, Buckholtz really doesn't. You know, he's a pitch-to-contact guy at this point of his career. Um, Let's talk bats. Do we have any interest in the San Francisco bats? Yes, yes, I do. Um, They're one of the better plays on the slate just because of their pricing. Um, Belt continues to be too low-priced almost every single day. I mean, he's up to 3700 now. It's real, real tough to fit into your lineups, but I'm like my favorite thing to do today is going to be double stack Colorado and San Fran. I like Belt. I like Posey out of the catcher spot. Uh, panic if he's in the lineup today. Hit two or hit a bomb and a double today. Like too low owned. They're all getting a drastic park change over from San Fran to Toronto, and you saw exactly what happened today. Like you need to find some lower price got bats if you're going to be playing the higher priced ones and want anything anywhere remotely resembling a decent pitchy staff. So yeah, I I, I will play Duggar. I will play uh, Para a little bit. I will play Posey. I will play Belt. I will play Longo. I will think about playing Sandoval. I will play Crawford. I will play Panic and. Pilar is just not really a guy I play at all, but I may end up with him in my lineup. It's just you need cheap bats, and San Francisco's what you have. The only option you really have. Yeah, I like the cheap bats. I don't hate it. I probably wouldn't play more than like two in a lineup, but pitch to contact pitcher, cheap bats. Um, I have no issues with looking at some of these Giants bats to save some money. And 
you know, if, if you're not paying up for like a Trevor Story or a Dijon or Lindor options, like going all the way down to a Crawford is not the worst thing on the slate. I don't think at 2,900, if you're playing, if you're paying up for like Snell um, and, and want some cores bad still, you know, it's certainly something I think you can do on the slate. So I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate some of these cheap giants bats. Uh, is there anything for Toronto that you like? I mean, no, you can stack it up and hope the Pomeranz just implodes, but I'm not going to suggest any of these bats. Um, like smoke, maybe, but as a one-off, if you just need someone at his price, but I, I probably am going to full-on fade Toronto. When are they going to hurry up and just bring Vlad up? That's all I'm waiting for. Like they should have had him up two weeks ago. It's so tilting, but well, they were like, talking about having him up like for this opener of this game. He was supposed to be playing on Tuesday, and gosh, it's infuriating. Yeah, he should be up for sure. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. Very easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movement so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Roto-Grinders a free stock like Apple, Ford or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at fantasyfix.robinhood.com. That's fantasyfix.robinhood.com. We move on to the seven games on the late slate, the main slate. We start with Arizona at Pittsburgh, Merrill Kelly against Jordan Lyles. Eight total here. Uh, do we have any interest in Merrill Kelly? I, I don't think so. I mean, this is not a great Pittsburgh lineup, but they're not really caying at a huge rate. I, I just, I think I'm going to fade him. You know, so we we briefly talked about um Luke Weaver yesterday, and I did some like, man, my stats and like my model really liked Luke Weaver yesterday, and I still highly regret not having a, a ton of exposure to him yesterday. And I know he had a good game, and you can be results oriented, but this is one of the things that tilted me about Tuesday slate. But anyway, uh, Merrill Kelly, not a guy that I typically like low swinging strike rates, high walk rates, uh, struggles with lefties. There's enough lefties in this lineup. I think now we, with Polanco back Moran's there, like they really realistically could roll out like six or seven lefties here. So I think I'll pass on Morel Kelly. Uh, I do have some slight interest in Jordan Lyles. Um, just looking at this slate overall, it's not like we have a ton of pitching options on the slate. And I think that a guy like Lyles is certainly somebody we can look at here. Yeah. Now um, he's going up against this Diamondbacks team and there's, they only have a 3.76 implied team total. His price tag over on DraftKings and fantasy draft, not that high, only seven, four over there. Um, like this Arizona lineup has been hitting well recently at times, but 
he's got like he's been striking out a lot of guys so far this season. It's not a huge sample size, but a 29% K rate, 3.9 XFIP. When you consider his price tag, consider the slate, considering how there's not a whole lot of good options below the top tier, like the top three, four guys, like you have to kind of consider him here because you just don't have other options. And so he's going to be one of my higher owned guys. I think there's safeties there. And if he does end up like continuing this high K rate, there's a lot of strikeouts at the bottom of this lineup. So yeah, he might be the top option in the mid tier to lower mid tier um, on the slate. Yeah, I certainly like him. Um, just overall looking at the slate, like he has to be one of the, one of the top arms in this mid range, like you said. So um Certainly going to be playing, you know, a, quite a bit of Jordan Lyles. He has one of the best ballparks, too, on this late slate, main slate, however we want to say it. Like, he's pitching in one of the best environments on the slate, too. So, um, is there any Arizona bats that you feel comfortable targeting against him? I mean, Peralta. He's been just crushing it so far. And he's been doing it all the way since the beginning of last year. He's 4,600. Doesn't really get high ownership. I was talking about with Bobby today. and. Yeah, like Peralta, it pretty much always gets overlooked, and there's upside and low ownership. So he's the guy that I'd be looking at. But outside of him, not really sure if I want to go with anyone else other than a pure, completely contrarian stack and a huge live final uh, winner-take-all field. Like, there's no reason to go with these other bats here. Yeah, Peralta or Walker would be the only two guys that I would play. Um, those are the two upside bats in Arizona's lineups right now, and. Walker's a big strikeout risk. Um, Peralta, certainly somebody that I don't mind. Um, and then on the Pittsburgh side of things, like, are these lefties, like, sneaky? Uh, are they in play? It's in Pittsburgh. I don't like to typically target a lot of bats here. Should we be looking at them, though? Uh, on this slate, I don't think so. There's three, four good spots, and this isn't really the sneaky spot I was planning on. I mean, if you want to go with anyone, go with Polanco. Um, Kelly, obviously quite a bit worse against lefties. I don't hate Frazier. I don't hate Bell. I don't hate Moran, but I don't, I'm not going to go out of my way to target them. I'm fine with a lefty stack, but I'm honestly just only really looking at Polanco here. Yeah. Polanco, I'm trying to pull up a switch in slates on Fandle to see if he's still really cheap. Like he's 3,400. It's not as cheap as he was. I don't mind Polanco, and I really don't mind Colin Moran. Um, he's a cheaper bat if you're looking for some power upside. He's a guy with big power um, in the middle of that lineup, and like he stands out to me as a guy that you know we could look at to save some money on this slate because we are going to talk about this next game and play a lot of bats from the Chicago and Baltimore game. Irvin Santana, John Means. Uh, expect a lot of runs in this one, Grant. Do you have any interest in Irvin Santana? None whatsoever. Do we have any interest in John Means? A very slight amount, and that's just in the hopes that he'll only go 60, 70 pitches. He's 5,200. There's a high strikeout White Sox team. I say it almost every single day. Going back to the beginning of last year, you look at the projected starting lineup here. How many guys do you think have under a 21% K rate versus lefties? I already know, so stuff to that. Yeah, the answer is zero. Not a single one. <laughs> this is they have been crushed by lefties over and over again. 
means if he's only going to go four innings on this slate with his price tag and considering the trash near the bottom when it comes to pitching, I have some interest in John Means. And that's not to say that I don't have interest in the White Sox bats, but I'm just hoping for five innings, six strikeouts, seven strikeouts, or four innings, six strikeouts. Like I'm not asking for much, but at 5,200 going against this high strikeout team, I think that it's possible that he ends up with 20 points. Yeah, I don't know if he'll pitch deep enough in the game to get 20, but I do think, like, I'll take 15. Like, give me 15, and I would be super ecstatic. But he's certainly going to make my player pull today just because it's not like we have a ton of really, really cheap options. And, like, he's 5,200, like you said multiple times. So um, at that price, we don't need you to go out and put up 20. We need you to go out and put up, like, 12 to 15 points. And I think the the upside's certainly there. I really, I kind of, I'm with you. I, I want him to go out and have like a clean, like three or four innings with like five strikeouts and just get pulled. Like he's been in and out of the rotation and in the bullpen. And it's really tough to judge his numbers, but we know he has some strikeout stuff and easier to generate strikeouts when you're in the bullpen coming into games. But there are a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So with that being said, I think we can still look at some of these bats, right? Yeah, absolutely, and um, just just to mention something today, we did say Andrew Kashner was in play yesterday, and he did put up 24 points against this White Sox team, and Hess was pitching a one-hitter through four innings. They can just be terrible the first few innings of the game. We've seen it six times in the last two weeks, um, but we've also seen times after four innings when they only have one hit, them get 12 runs. They're very much in play. They're one of the best stacks on the slate. If you're looking for one-offs, like you got to realize a lot of these lefties, you're not really too worried about them. Or even Moncada, who's a switch hitter, who is just much worse against lefties. I'm not expecting means to go that late into game, into the game. And the Baltimore bullpen is by far the worst in the league. They are giving up two and a half home runs per nine. So far this year, the next closest team is only 1.9. They're giving up 25%, 30% more home runs than any other bullpen in the entire league. It's over in Baltimore. It's one of the better parks. I'm probably going to at least once end up with a Chicago stack with means in there. And I think it's going to take down GBP. But if you're looking for bats, Anderson, Abreu, Alonzo, Moncada, and Castillo are the first guys that I'm going with. But I don't mind a single bat in this lineup. Yeah, um, I man, Alonzo and Moncada are really, really interesting here if they're going to have lower ownership because of the whole lefty thing. Because like you said, the bullpen is terrible and we don't expect means to go deep. Plus, like the White Sox are on the road. So like we're going to get the ninth inning. So that is the potential for maybe getting that extra at bat against the righty. Um, and, and don't forget about the beef. He crushes lefties, so he's really interesting. He's off to a slow start this season, so it's really tough to look at just his numbers from this year, but certainly a spot that I don't mind attacking. Uh, the Baltimore side of things here, um, Irvin Santana stinks. He's just – he's bad. Like, we look back at last year. We look back at this year. Like, his strikeout rate stinks. He walks a lot of people. 
I think Baltimore is a top stack in the slate, and they're a really tough team to stack because it's not a great offense, but I, I think we're looking at Baltimore here. I mean, I pretty much have to as redemption for yesterday. Um, I, had, I had a few Baltimore stacks with Homer Bailey in them, so that was my day. Uh, and Right there with you, buddy. Right yeah. there with you. Yeah, I mean, Mancini's, Mancini's obviously the guy you go with first, but Mancini, VR, Smith Jr., Nunez, Ruiz, Ricard, all are fine plays, and even Chris Davis. I mean, he's still – he hit a bomb today. He I did say I liked today. him yesterday. <laughs> I, did I, say I never play him, and I did say I liked him. I did say he was going to hit a home run today, but I said that mostly sarcastically. Um, but he's still 2,700, and he's on a heater. So, you know, play the hot streak. He's super cheap, and he can hit the ball far. And Santana does not strike out, guys, and he's just absolute trash. Stack up this Baltimore team. And, honestly, I don't hate Chris Davis in cash today. I don't hate him in cash either. I was going to say the same thing. Like, if you're paying up for, like, a Verlander on the slate um, and maybe, like, pairing Verlander with, like, uh, Jordan Lyles, like we were talking about, Paying down for Chris Davis is not the the dumbest thing I don't think on the slate because I, I do like Baltimore a lot and even if he'll bat six or seventh here, it's a pitch to contact pitcher and the bullpen. I don't. I'm pretty sure they don't have a ton of lefties in that bullpen. Um, so it is a good spot to look at Chris Davis in my opinion. Philadelphia at New York taking on the Mets eight and a half total. Vincent Velasquez against Jason Vargas. Um, any interest here in Velasquez? Very little. This is not set up as a good matchup, but Velasquez at any given time could put up a big game. He's not good versus lefties. Mets have some very good lefties here. It's not really the numbers pointing towards him being a good play. It's more about like him having upside at any given time. So if you're making 100 lineups, throw him in three, throw him in four, but I'm not planning on using him much. Yeah, it really depends on the lineup. Um, if Nimmo's out and it's McNeil, Conforto, and Cano, the only lefties, I think there's some upside. Like a lot of the Philadelphia pitchers, just in general, they're very good against righties and they struggle against lefties. So I don't think I will play Velasquez here, but if this lineup comes out a little right-handed heavy, um, I think there's an argument to be made for tournaments. Um, do we have any interest in Jason Vargas here? I'd rather use means. Um I guess you could. These, this Philly team did just get crushed by Wheeler and crushed my soul. But, like, I, it, you're just better off going with John Means and limiting the potential damage that you could have done to you here. Uh, I don't like any cheap pitchers. So, like, that's the one reason you could possibly go with Vargas and just hope for, a, like we said earlier, a 10-point outing. But I think you're more likely to see a negative 10-point outing. Yeah, I think I'd rather play Means as well. Like, he has some strikeout upside. Vargas doesn't. Like, in four starts this season for Vargas, the dude has a 6.67 XFIP with an 11% K rate and a 12.7% walk rate. His hardest-off contact ratio is 52.8%. He's allowed 69.4% hard contact. Like, I think the, the Philly stack is the top stack on the slate. If this game was in Philadelphia, I would be stacking them everywhere. Um... I love the Phillies here. I love Franco. I love Hoskins. I love Romuto, McCutcheon, Gosling. Like any of these guys that crack the lineup, I'm in. Um, I, I, Philly is one of the top stacks for me on the slate. 
Yeah, I won't say that they are the top stack, but they're definitely one of the top stacks. Like, yeah, you you basically said there's power in this lineup. Vargas is horrible. There's a lot of good righties in here. Stack them up, play them. Anyone that's in the lineup is good. Uh, what are we doing with the Mets bats? Lefties. Play the lefties versus Vargas because they're all, to an extent, power lefties. Conforto over 200 ISO since the beginning of last year. Cano close to that. McNeil's been hitting bombs this year. If Nemo's still, or if Nemo's in the lineup today, um, you can play him. I can't remember exactly how bad his injury was, but if he's in the lineup. It was an oblique, so that, that, that makes it a little bit tougher. He's probably not going to be playing. And then Alonzo. I mean, Velasquez can give up home runs to both sides of the plate. So Alonzo and Ramos are both in play, and even Frazier. Uh, anyone one through six is in play is a one-off. If you really want to stack them up, you can. I'd probably just look for one-off power bats here and hope for a bomb or two. Uh, Detroit at Boston. We got Tyson Ross against Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez, a massive favorite here at minus 210. Do we have any interest in Tyson Ross? No. Uh, do we have any interest in Eduardo Rodriguez? Yes. Um, Detroit's not very good. Erod's a pretty darn good pitcher. What you worry about with Erod is when he's going to work up the count, but there's not a whole lot of guys with high walk rates. I mean, look at play IQ. Disregard Peterson because he has six at-bats versus a lefty. Uh, disregard Greener just because he's only got 29. Like The guys that are going to walk are going to be Carvera and Goodrum to an extent, but the rest of these guys are all single-digit walk guys. They're not going to be able to work the count that well. Erod can go later on into the game. He's most likely going to end up with the win. His price is a little bit constrictive, and I'd rather go up to other guys, but Erod's very much in play. If you can't get the 400 extra for Bueller or the 1500 extra for Verlander, yeah, just a good tournament pivot off of some of those other guys too. Um, he's a guy that's kind of boomer bust. I don't think it's a lock and load spot by any means, but I do think he can go out and have a good game. Um, like I, I think it's a, a really good tournament spot for Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, let's talk bats here. Detroit, is there anything standing out to you here for Detroit? No, yes, just no. They're not very good. It's not a very good spot. The price tags on them are not great. I mean, I could see using Cabrera as a one-off, but realistically, Cabrera and Chris Davis are probably similar on today's slate, and Davis is 900 cheaper. So if you're looking for a cheap bomb, you're better off going with Davis than Cabrera and just save the money. I don't mind Nick Castellanos at 4,100. He's going to start hitting eventually. And he has too much talent um, for being 4,100 in this ballpark. So I don't mind Nick Castellanos as maybe a one-off. Um, Boston Bats, what are we looking at here against Tyson Ross? All of them. Pretty much all of them. I mean, Ross has gotten away with some decent outings this season, but he's playing Boston in Boston here. And pretty much one through six, all of them can crush him. And he gives up a decent amount of hard contact. And while he's at above average ground ball guy uh that's still not going to matter against these bats here and his walk rate is not going to help him out at all like there's going to be guys that get on base they have a 5.6 implied team total here they're going up against a detroit bullpen afterwards that is not very good so yeah i will happily take any of these bats starting with 
Betts and JD Martinez as always, but like Ross is not very good versus lefties. So Benintendi, Moreland, Devers are all very much in play. And if you want to round out a stack, round out Bogarts, if you want an off the board guy, then go with Bradley here, who's got decent numbers and he's going up against a guy that is not good versus lefties. So is the top stack from a like not incorporating ownership and from raw points is the top stack on the slate. Yeah, no arguments here. This team's been very disappointing to start the season, um, especially as a Red Sox fan, but certainly a spot that I like. Tyson Ross has shown some semi-reverse splits to start the season. He's a guy, if we remember back, like, to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, to like his Padres days, he had some reverse splits. So I, I certainly don't like, don't dislike any of these bats, um, one through six. Um, but Moreland's probably my favorite bat here. He's been hitting the ball really well to start the season. And, um, I, I think you can look at him in all formats. Um, if you're not wanting to pay play good old Chris Davis in cash, I think Moreland is a really good option as well. Um, Dodgers and Cubs, Walker Bueller, Cole Hamels. Uh, do we have any interest here in Walker Bueller? Yep, man. Quite a bit of interest. If you can't pay up for. Verlander, then uh, Walker's the guy that I'm going to go with. It's a little bit of crosswind, but almost no wind over in Chicago. It's 52 degrees out. Bueller is just a very, very good pitcher um, with above-average K stuff, above-average control, gets a decent amount of ground balls, and I'm not worried about his hard contact considering that it's being played over in Chicago in decent weather here. He's one of the top pitchers on the entire slate outside of Verlander he's the top pitcher and he got up into 90 pitches his last start so I assume that he'll get close to that again barring anything ridiculous happening yeah after playing Kentamaida yesterday I'm going right back to the well um <laughs> did not work out but uh, he got he got 12 more points than Lynn and 10 more points than Homer Bailey <laughs> I guess that's a positive way to look at it, Grant. Positive thinking there, buddy. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just a spot that I think we could go back to the well here. The Cubs, they strike out, and I think there's some strikeouts here for Bueller. He's not my favorite pitcher on the slate, but I, I do like the upside. Uh, do we have any interest in Cole Hamels? Uh, a little bit, just as a tournament play, but his price tag's too restrictive. Like, just the fact that he's a lefty going against the Dodgers that struggle a little bit more versus lefties. Like you can make the argument as a tournament pivot off of Bueller, but I would, I probably will end up with no exposure to him at all. Yeah. We just saw Quintana go seven, give up two runs, had a couple walks and a couple hits, but had seven strikeouts. Like Cole Hamels is certainly a guy that could go out there and have some upside in this matchup. So it's just like when you're looking in this price range and pitching, it's really tough to those those asking prices for Bueller and Hamels are tough when Verlander's right there, um, and when you can go down and get some same type of upside for maybe like a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez. So that's where I run into the biggest issue with playing Hamels and Bueller. Um, I'm not going to go out of my way to stack against either one of these guys. I think this would be one of the lowest scoring games on the slate. I wouldn't be shocked if the total in this game when it comes out is like seven and a half or eight. Um, what are we doing with bats for the Dodgers here? The righties with power. Um, Turner has been great this season, but he's still a guy with some power here, and he's been historically good versus lefties. 
Kike has been crushing lefties so far this year. He's very much in play. Uh, outside of them, I'm still I'm going to play Pollock every single day that he's too cheap, and he's 3,400 today. Pollock and Turner are two of the best plays on the entire slate when you consider their price tag. It's just that simple. Like you play them at this price, and Kike's too cheap. I don't want a full stack with the Dodgers, but a little mini stack with Turner, Kike, and Pollock is a great stack going up against a guy who's had a 50% hard hit rate versus righties this year and has somehow come out of it completely unscathed. Um, The Cubs bats, maybe the lefties, maybe like a Rizzo type, maybe like a Schwarber or a Baez. Maybe that would be where we want to attack Bueller. I mean, I'm just not going to. Yeah, I don't think I'll go out of my way either, but, you know, it's certainly certainly where I would, if I was looking at Cubs to get some leverage, that's where I would get. Like, Baez, just, he's hitting everything hard this season, so he's not walking, he's striking out at a high clip, but when he's putting the ball in play, he's hitting it hard, so that would be the guy that I'd look at for tournaments. Uh, the Twins and the Astros, Zach Little against Justin Verlander. Um, any interest here in Zach Little? Nope. I don't even think he's in the player pool, is he? Uh, I think he is. I believe he is. Let me do. Yeah, he's there. He's sixty-five hundred over on DK. Oh, uh, it's not. It must. I mean, it must need to refresh. It's not showing for me. Um, yeah, not a not a, like a, a massive prospect or anything like that. Um, you know, we saw him last season pitch a little bit. His AAA numbers have been okay. Um, he has shown some strikeout upside in AAA, but for me. I'm going to side with the Houston Astros offense before I side with Zach Little. Uh, let's Wait, talk Justin. Is Cole Stewart pitching? Is it Cole Stewart? I thought it was Little. It... Oh, I see it. Cole Stewart will be called up to start. Yep. All right. Well, um, pretty much the same thing. Not playing him. <laughs> um, I got to pull pull up his fan graphs page really quick and see what we're looking at with him. He's another guy that's been pitching in the minors. I don't think he pitched a little bit last season as well. He actually doesn't have nearly the strikeout upside as uh, Little does. So um, I, I I like the Astro Bats more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. He walks a lot of guys and he doesn't strike out guys. Yeah, like a swinging strike rate in AAA last season in 40 innings of 7.3. Um not having that big strikeout stuff in the majors is probably going to burn you a little bit. He is he is a bigger prospect for what it's worth um, than than Little, so it'd be interesting to see how this works out for Cole Stewart. But so far, he's been underwhelming. Um, Justin Verlander on the other side of this game likely going to be the SP one in cash games, right? Yep, he should be. I mean. But, I mean, you, you don't even have to say anything about it anymore. He is a bit of a fly ball guy, but doesn't give up a horrible amount of hard contact. Goes late into games. High K rate. Doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. I could see pivoting off of him in tournaments just because at times this season he has been great and he's going to draw a whole lot of ownership. Um, but, yeah, he's the, he's the de facto cash game SP1. Yeah, for a lot of good reasons, like you said. Um you know, it's a spot to attack Verlander. He should get some run support here too. So, um, 
let's talk bats. What are we looking at here when it comes to um, Minnesota? I mean, just as a leverage spot going up against a big fly ball guy. Any of the guys that can hit it hard. Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, Crone. If you really want to take a tournament pivot, just uh, low ownership guys that can hit bombs, but none of their price tags are really that enticing, and there's enough good bats on the slate where I don't think you need to. Yeah, um, I don't think I'll be going here, but Rosario has been hitting the ball really well. If you want to play one off, I don't mind Eddie Rosario. Um, that's the bat that like you worry about the most when you're rostering Verlander. Um, the Houston side of things and the other side here, like Cole Stewart, we saw him a little bit last season and he was, he was really bad. Um, you know, he was a top five pick and he really hasn't lived. Like I said, he hasn't really lived up to that expectation. Um, I love the Houston stack here. Yeah. Yeah. As do I, um, something to look out for. We don't have news on it yet. Uh, but the, the dome has been open the last two days and it's been hot weather over there. If it's open again today, I like them even more. But even if it's not, I mean, Stewart's a bit of a ground ball guy, but all these guys are going to be putting it in play, and Stewart can get wild. That lines up perfectly as a stack spot, considering how high, how many high walk bats there are in this lineup. Don't have a huge sample size of how he's done versus lefties and righties. Right now, I think he's setting up as like a bit splits neutral depending on which stats you look at but I'm, I'm just expecting him to be a normal splits guy so uh brantley reddick are both in play springer altuve bregman correa Giriel, all very much in play there's a great stack spot there's not a single bat i don't want to play including torino's down there all right uh yankees and angels last game on the slate we got cc sabathia against felix pena um any interest here in sabathia no, like not really. This is a tough slate for pitching down near the bottom, but CC, I don't really want to pay 7-2 for him when I can get Lyles at 7-4. Angels don't really strike out at a high rate, so I don't see a massive amount of upside. Just no on CC. See, I actually like Sabathia. I've been saying it for months, years now. Like This team, especially with Justin Upton Hurt, Outside of Mike Trout, they just don't have a lot of righty bats that hit lefties. And CeCe Sabathia is a guy that's going to go out and get ground balls. He's not going to get a lot of strikeouts. But if they let him go like 90 pitches here, I think he can throw six clean innings in this spot and with the potential maybe throwing seven. If he has a lead, which might be a little bit tougher today than it has been in the past, but I actually like Sabathia. I still like Lyles more, but Sabathia is certainly somebody that's on my list today for pitching um, in this ballpark, low low total. And this team just not very good against left-handed pitching. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. There's probably a little bit more safety, but they still have a four implied total here today. Like, there's not a – there's one maybe high strikeout bat in this entire lineup. And Fletcher and Smith, I'm assuming Smith's not going to – is Smith is going to make the lineup and not bore. Like they strike out at such low rates versus lefties. They just put the ball in play. Yes, he's probably not going to give up a whole lot of runs, but and I guess it's possible for him to get 15, 20 points. I just don't see the upside, but I understand it on this slate where there's not really a whole lot of guys to pay down for. Yeah, like even with his limited strikeouts, I think 15 plus is super, do super, super doable here. 
if we just start seeing him have clean innings, if Babbitt is in his favor, you know, he's kind of reinvented himself like we've talked about in the past. He's just throwing a lot of cutters now um, and just getting a lot of ground balls. So obviously that that's the biggest thing here. Um, and you have to worry about Mike Trout. That's obviously the biggest thing. But um, Felix Pena on the other side here, do we have any interest in him? I mean, a very small amount. He hasn't been very good this year, but this Yankees team, not great. Pena, we obviously know, is much better versus righties than he is versus lefties. There's a little bit of upside, but again, I'd rather go with Lyles, and I'd probably rather go with CeCe here. Um, so I don't see myself paying the extra 300 bucks over Lyles to Pena, even in tournaments. Yeah, Pena just hasn't been that great this season. Like his XFIP suggests, like he's not even getting that unlucky. He just hasn't been pitching really good. So I'm going to stay away from Felix Pena here. I would much rather play CC Sabathia or Lyles in this range. Uh, let's talk Yankees bats. Uh, there's two guys that instantly stand out to me here for the Yankees, and that's Luke Voigt and Torres. They destroy sinkers. It's a small sample, but they're very, very good against sinkers. And they're two of the top plays for me um, when I'm just looking at, you know, matchup against Pena. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. And then, I mean, Pena's bad enough versus lefties where I don't I hate throwing in Ford, Trashman, even Frazier or Gardner. But really, it's just you're looking at Boyd and you're looking at Torres. Um. Man, I like the Yankees on Tuesday. They were another um, Homer Bailey um, special because Luke Voigt hit two home runs, and it's it's so uh, Homer Bailey. We're, we're, we're not talking about Tuesday anymore. This is just yeah, it's right. That's right. Um, Mike Trout's really good at baseball. If you want to play him against CC Sabathia, you're not going to hear any complaints. But outside of that, I, I, there's just not a lot of power in this lineup, and I'm going to pass on everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I'm likely only going with Trout here. And, I mean, if you need a cheap catcher, Kevin Smith is fine. But, like, that's strictly just a price play. And there's multiple guys around the same price tag that you can go with. So, yeah, Trout trout or bust. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. We're going to use the main slate for the morning grind game today. Um, give me your pitcher under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. I'm going to let you have Lyles. I'm going to go with John Beans. <laughs> Means. I am going to take Lyles. I don't mind taking the chalk here. Um, I was I was all ready to take um, somebody else, but hey, if you're going to let me have Lyles, I'll take him. I mean, um, I'm going to take Andy Means' cousin. Over, over 8K to score under 15 points. Velasquez. Yeah, he's, he's the option uh, for sure. I I don't even know. Like, as much as I like this guy, I think that like he probably has the option to like start walking people and not get there. Is Erod? I think it's between Erod and Bueller, and I think they're both in play. It's just if I had to choose out of the options that we have, those would be the guys. Um, over four K to hit a home run today. Who's your expensive bat to go yard? Oh gosh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Moncada. That is not who I thought you were gonna take. Like, who did you think I was gonna take? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think Moncada was gonna be their guy, though. <laughs> that was he threw a curveball at me. Um, 
Hey, I've been taking this guy all week, and he he kind of owes me at this point. I'm going to take Conforto again. I like it. I keep playing him, and he keeps doing like he's having good games. He's just not hitting home runs. But I'm going to take Conforto again. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap bat you're looking at today? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go super ballsy. I don't think he's going to get two hits, but I think he's going to get a home run. Uh, Chris Davis. Um, give me Torres. We just got done talking about his splits against sinkers, and um, I really like him today. You can use him as second base or shortstop. Uh, stack to score six or more runs. Who do you got? Uh, I don't want to go obvious. I want to go a little bit off the board. I'm, I'm just going to go with Houston. All right. I'm going to take Baltimore. I'll take the obvious one. That's fine with me. Um, Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Mm, nope. Nope. I've got to go feed a baby. Well, you go feed a baby. You enjoy the Rockies game. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball with Chief Justice 06. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. See you, kids.